Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. We're in the middle of a series about light in the dark. And the great thing about light in the dark is it is really obvious. Uh, Leo right now is sleeping with a nightlight, a string of lights under his bed, the closet light on, the door open, and any lights that he can, not because he's scared of the dark, because he likes the lights. And there, when I'm walking in the house, I, you can see everything. You're not going to trip over anything because the light in the middle of the darkness is apparent. That's the great thing about this series. The things we're talking about, love, hope, today we're talking about joy. These things, when put in front of a dark world, they're bright. People can see them. As we talk about joy, I'm curious about what it looks like to you. This is a, honestly, I've wrestled with this sermon a lot. I spent a lot of time looking up what does joy mean? What does happiness mean? What's the difference between them two? Trying to to contrast and compare, reading research, like scientific research about what these things mean. I went back to the Greek, friends. I went to the Greek for you, all right? But I'm curious, before we get into all that, what does it look like to you? When you think about joy, what does it look like to you? And when you close your eyes, and, and almost always you have to close your eyes to remember and take kind of a mental picture of, a, of joy, go back to that place. What does it feel like to you? What does it sound like to you? And this is the audience response time, not the poppers please, right? Not yet, those are joy, but I'm curious from you, what would be, maybe just like shout out a word or, or phrase, what does joy look like, feel like to you? Being here. Being here. Ooh, nice answer. Check plus. What else? Family, Family yes. Stress-free. What's that? Stress. Stress-free. Man, isn't that joy? Kids, right? Kids opening presents, that's, that's, Really fun. First time of a newborn baby. Absolutely. What's that? All the happy, all the ha- like you said, all sounds of the, wait, all happy sounds of children. One more. I heard it. What was it? Dogs? All the happy sounds of dogs, right? A cat, dogs and do- cats and dogs. Not when it rains and thunders. I mean, jumps are joy can be found in those things too. I, I have a mental picture. Like sometimes you're in a place and you remember a thing and you kind of look at it for an extra moment so that it will just burn in your brain and you can capture it like a mental picture. I have a picture of Leo the first time he went to Disneyland. Disney, I, grew, I was born in California, so Disneyland was the thing that we went to. Disney World is cool, but for a five-year-old, Disneyland seems more on point, right? I remember we were 
at the parade and I had told him all day, like he'd been looking for Buzz Lightyear and he'd been looking for Woody and so, cause we'd been watching those things. He's about four years old. He'd been waiting to see those guys and they were kind of at another park and they, we just always seemed to miss them. And I told my wife, I was like, we need to get to the parade and we just need to be in front so that he can see everything that goes by. Cause I bet you he's gonna like that. And they're like, well, it's not that big a deal. I was like, I'm telling you, we need to get to the parade. When it comes through, it's gonna, it's gonna blow his mind. And so we get there about 15 minutes early and he's being a four-year-old, he's kind of squirrely. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna stay right here. We're gonna stand right here. They're gonna come through. Okay, so the, the parade starts and he's like, he starts seeing people and he's getting excited. He's like, hey, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the floats keep coming through and then all of a sudden you, I, I can see it around the corner. I'm like, Leo, who were you looking for earlier today? When, daddy, whenever we were in that ride, you look for, what, who were the people you wanted to see most? And he looked at me, he goes, Buzz and Woody and his eyes got big and I, I just kind of pointed and he went and Woody was like right here. He was huge. He, I don't know how they got a really tall dude doing, doing and then Buzz was like up on the thing and Woody walked right up to Leo and Leo, we were on the front row. Woody goes and point right at him and I couldn't see his face at that point and he's just like and he turns around to me and I promise you his face was like like he couldn't, he could not take it all in at the same time. Like his brain was having trouble because the funnel was too small. Was like, it's Woody and Buzz. Like he's going to pop with joy because he had been waiting all day for that. He, we've been talking about it for weeks to get there. He had been so anticipating these moments. And when they finally arrived, it was not only the fulfillment and the culmination of weeks of planning and, and hoping and wishing and waiting. It was the moment that he'd been waiting for and it was better than he could have anticipated. And I took a mental snapshot, that's joy. When it's almost surprising how great it is, even though you knew it was coming, you've been waiting for it, when it shows up, there's an element of surprise in joy that makes it special, right? If you think about World Cup right now, as you see teams win and you see their fans screaming and while they believed in their team the whole time and they knew they were gonna get to the finals, right? As they knew they were gonna beat those other teams, even when it happens, they're so overjoyed because there was a possibility that it wasn't, but now that it's happening, it's this moment and they can't believe it and ah, joy, right? Almost beyond words. Now, when it comes to sounds, you're right. Some of those sounds, like the birth of a newborn baby, after all the anguish and the pain of delivery, through, the, through all the struggle, when you hear that sound, that first sound, changes everything, doesn't it? It was worth it when you hear that sound. I wanna try an experiment for, for a moment. I wanna invite you to close your eyes. We're not gonna throw poppers at you, okay? I wanna invite you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine what joy sounds like. Just in your head, what are some of the sounds that come to your mind? Just kind of put yourself in that place. Now for some of us, when we're there, it sounds a little bit like this.
know what's interesting? I look around this room and people are smiling. <laughs> Did you know that you're smiling? People sit up straighter. Everybody kind of goes, you get filled up with that sound, right? There's a sound to joy. That cannot be denied. You just kind of, all right, let's go do something now, right? You hear the hallelujah chorus and man, you're transported to a place of joy. Now, I told you that I, I went to the Greek. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to you now. Are you ready? This was hard fought. Makarios. When you go back to the Greek, they, this is how they described happiness. They used, it was used to describe the freedom of the rich from normal cares and worries or to describe a person who receives some form of good fortune such as money and health. This is kind of carefree, that this is not burdened by the woes of the world. This is like, I'm good. These are things that happen to them, things that like are part of what's come to them, right? Maybe even things that they went to get, things that they achieved or received. Joy is different. Talks about here, Cairo, a culmination of being, I love this, or the good mood of the soul. You know anybody who's got a, whose soul is in a good mood all the time? Right, they smile like it's their job. Right, how do you smile so much? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know that I'm smiling, right? I feel, so I'm gonna call out Ali Everson's perfect for this, right? Perfect to be reading, perfect to be working with youth because if you talk to her for 0.5 seconds, she's already smiling. It's just like, it's not something that she wants to do, it's just what she does, right? It's in her bones, it's just part of her soul. But the Greeks actually said it's only found in God and comes with virtue and wisdom. It isn't beginner's virtue, this comes as a culmination. This is really important, it's not something that just happens. Joy is something that grows. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's not something that just happens, joy is a thing that given enough time, space, and room, it will grow in you. Because I can already hear some of you saying, well, I don't, joy is kind of, yeah, I'll get that. And I was having a discussion earlier with some people that sometimes we can say, I, I have a lot of joy inside of me. Like, I feel joy. I, I love the Lord my God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, has your face hurt? Because you don't seem to, there's not a lot of joy coming. Well, I have a different kind of joy. Okay. I think that sometimes we equate joy with silly. Joy with being funny. Joy with being happy and goofy and dumb all the time. No. Joy is not about how often you smile. Joy is about what happens when the Lord gets a hold of you. It grows. It's not some, joy is not something we go get. It is something the Holy Spirit gives. Right? It is a, a matter of being connected to the vine, and out of it grows joy. When we are connected to him, it's a culmination. It's more than just like, hey, turn that frown upside down. Nothing trite like that. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And the opposite of joy isn't sadness. It's fear. It's not sadness, it's fear because we don't know 
what's next. We aren't sure of the future, and so it's hard to have joy about what may be if all we believe is that what will happen either won't happen or it sure won't be good. That is when the Holy Spirit is not working in our life, when we are unsure of God's ability. If God's arm is too short, God is not taking care of us. God does not want to see his will in our life. God is just out to burn us, out to bust us, out to punish us. To experience great joy, we have to open ourselves up to experience great sorrow. We have to be vulnerable. That we have to open ourselves up to the to possibility, right? That joy is something that, that God has for us, but we have to faith, we have to lean all the way into that with faith. We have to lean all the way into the fact that we believe God has something for us. We have to have the potential to be hurt or disappointed because we endure through those things to the joy, right? Cubs fans know what I'm talking about, right? Now, I don't mean that flippantly. I mean, Cubs fans understand this. I, I've spoken with John Brown many times about I was there at the game when it happened, right? I was there. I had a ticket. People talk about that, the moment when they, that things turned around, that, that the thing they've been hoping for, they've been waiting for, all the curse, all the things that were never going to happen, finally we believed and hung in long enough, and it happened. But sometimes pain is part of the journey, I want to invite you this morning to be overwhelmed by joy, to be so open to it. There is a posture of being willing to be surprised by joy because sometimes we try and protect ourselves. I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't want to have control over my life because that's what fear does is it starts telling us you need to get a hold of this. You need to get control of this. You don't know what's going to happen next. You need to start building a wall. You start building up defenses and you start building up things because if you're not careful, something's coming for you. So we just get control of what we can control. And what happens is when joy comes our way, we kind of turn away from it. I don't, I don't want to hear that. And sometimes when people express joy to us, we try and minimize it because we're just uncomfortable in that place because it points out to us that we haven't maybe experienced joy in a while because we've shut ourselves off from it because we want to be safe because we're not sure if it's actually all gonna happen. Because if we risk that, what if it doesn't? And so sometimes we do the calculus of life, and we think, well, better to risk it and never experience, or better not never experience it than to risk it and get hurt. I saw a video this week about a guy named uh, Tim Maravd. He was a downhill skier, Olympic trained. He was going to the Olympics and he went out surfing and had a freak accident and was, became a quadriplegic. It was, it's a rare thing. There's like 12 people in the world that had experienced it. It severs a, a, ner- a blood vessel that goes to the nerves of your spinal cord. And he was surfing one day, started to get, his fingers were tingly. And then over the course of a week, he lost feeling in all of his limbs. The video I saw is him completing a marathon several years later. Now, he's not running like a gazelle. He is barely making it across, trying to, you can see he's trying to get coordination. And in fact, as he's doing it, a guy goes running by him to complete the marathon. And he doesn't even look at that guy because he starts with sticks. He's got these sticks where he's doing like this and he 
kind of, and you could tell, it's, it made me nervous. I thought he was going to fall. I honestly did. I was like, oh, somebody help him. Somebody help him. But he drops his sticks 10 yards from the thing and walks across. And the people who are there with him are losing their minds. They're screaming for him. They've got posters. They're throwing, you know, stuff in the air. They're popping poppers. Don't pop the poppers. But he's, they're doing it. They're so excited for him. And he's weeping and they're, they're so excited. You know why? Because he finished the race. Now he finished like 158th place out of 175. And some people go, well, psh, you didn't finish. He's like 178. What? Why is he even doing this? He wasn't supposed to ever walk. He wasn't rejoicing about the race. He was rejoicing in the walking. Not in the competing, in the completing. Sometimes we get in a competition about how good things are. Oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, well. Rejoice with those who... You can do it. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Man, when somebody comes to you with joy, something happening in their life, jump up and down with them. But sometimes we, that's a lot. You're a lot right now. That's a little too much for me. I don't know. Okay. Well, good job. Now, my family's from Spain, so anything good that happens gets turned up to 15. Right? When, when Spain won their first match, I, got, I, I had to set my phone somewhere else because it was like vibrating my house. Because they were like, I can't believe it! They're sending me videos just screaming into the phone. It was like a one minute video of just, Rah! that's all. I was like, did something happen? And they're, have you not seen the game? Just, ah, just screaming. And they're all jumping around, jumping around. Are you willing to be open to it? That joy can come to you? that joy can grow in you, all that, all that is to set the table for this. A story of joy showing up in the middle of a field. Let's take a look at the scripture. You've heard this one before. Oh yeah, I'm in control of that. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Let's stop right there for a second. They weren't out there just doing their job. They were living out there. They, that was their home. They didn't come into town. They weren't really welcome. They were out in the middle of a field. In fact, do you know that shepherds were not allowed to be witnesses at trials? That's how far down they were on the social ladder. If there was a trial and someone said, well, he stole from me and the shepherd's my witness. Now you can't use him. He's a shepherd. They are not reliable witnesses. Well, that's interesting. Because the next part says they were keeping watch of the flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Do you know most of the time an angel shows up, people are scared? I wonder why. Check this next part out. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Remember the opposite of joy is fear. He says, don't be afraid. I have good news for you. Joy for everybody. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. And they're like, okay, there'll be a flag, a banner. There'll be big trumpets. There'll be a big band. We're, we're going to look for like the castle or the tent. Here's your sign. You'll find the baby wrapped in claws and lying in a trough. Wait, our sign is what? Yeah, he's lying in a manger. Of course he is. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to, on those 
to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that's happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurry off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a night! Do you think this was Mary's picture of the night she was to give birth to her first child? When she's dreaming about having children, dreaming about being married, dreaming about a family, do you think this 14-year-old was picturing, man, I just hope I find the right barn? Right? I hope that, I hope there's a, a trough that I can put my baby in that's just like I've always imagined, just a little bit gross, maybe smelling of food and manure. Oh, please, God, send me a man who will bring me to a barn. Not marry me yet, because that's weird, but bring me to a barn and, and let me have my child that he did not father, because he's not sure, because do you think that was her dream? Oh, and by the way, God, I would love it if like a whole herd of shepherds come busting in trying to see what's going on just after I've given birth. That would be amazing. Please, God, hear my prayer. I doubt it. Do you think joy was on her mind? She's like, hey, 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 who are you guys? Oh, is this your barn? We have to go? This is not a joyful set, right? The shepherds brought joy with them. Because joy is celebrating the promise of the future in the present, right? Send it another way. Joy is realizing what's happened and how that is going to play out in the future. They've been waiting so long. When he said the Messiah is here, when the angel says that, they know exactly what he's talking about. They've been waiting decades for this, hundreds of years for this. This was the moment that their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents had all dreamed of, and they were the ones, they knew exactly, because they knew. This was part of their culture. The day had shown up. So interesting, they're not allowed to be witnesses at a trial, and they were witnesses to the birth of the Savior. So joy is celebrating what's going to happen, right? Right now. That we are excited because it will happen. It's a culmination. There's some things we can learn from these shepherds. You ready? Joy can't survive long outside a community. Right? You ever seen a funny movie or heard a funny joke or seen something really interesting and like turn to the person, ah, oh, there's nobody. Uh, <laughs> it's not as good, is it? It's really not as good until you share it. And the, further, the longer you live, eventually maybe you find that one person. Nothing's real until I tell Rhonda. Nothing's as exciting until after I tell her. Because she knows what I mean when I say you know what I mean. Right? When you can share joy with the community, it lives longer. So when someone has joy, share it with them. Leo has a, a phrase right now that is the number one phrase. It's called, look it. You know what I mean? Those youth children, you know. Daddy, look it, look it, look it, look it, look it. And sometimes at 70 miles an hour, driving, well, 55 miles an hour, we wouldn't go over the speed limit. 
when I'm driving and he wants me to look it, look it, I'm like, Leo, I can't look it or we'll, you know, break it, break it because the car's got to stay in the lanes, bud. But look at that, look at, like it's not, it's not as exciting until he can show me, right? Dad, look at, look at, look at what I did at school. Look at, look at. And so we pull over and he shows me all the things. And after he showed me all the things, he kind of, now he's like, it is cool that he did that because he got to show dad. When one of us has something to celebrate, there is something we all get to celebrate together. Next week, we're gonna have a baptism right over there. One of our students has come to faith, right? Has become a believer in the last seven days. We get to celebrate that with them. How cool is that, right? Don't do your poppers, I know you're tempted at that moment, right? Don't do it. Joy inside community, we share it. That's what they did. The first thing they do is go run down to the, to the barn. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, shepherds said to one another, well, what now? They had options, didn't they? They could have left. They could have got the heck out of Dodge. They should have been running because there were angels, but the angels said, fear not. But what they said was, let's go and see this thing that has happened that the Lord told us about. See, joy moves us to action right? Joy moves us to action. When something is joyful, we got to do something about it. We got to go like celebrate. We got it. When you see, I mean, I don't know what they do in Tennessee, like before the games, but I've seen a college football game end in a victory at Tennessee. And has anybody seen what happens? They tear the stadium down. It's interesting. I don't know that I would choose that, but like those poor goalposts, you know, at the end of the game, they're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And the grounds guy goes, oh no, here we go. There is a, a school, a college basketball school, that on their first game, they don't, the whole, like the whole school shows up, they have like costumes, you know what I'm talking about? They all dress up, they all show up, this place is packed, but nobody makes a sound until the first point is scored. Other team could score 10 points, no sound. It's weird. And then as soon as, it happened this last week, one of their guys at the free throw line, and you can see them all kind of bracing for it. He shoots, ball goes in, the place goes bananas. Every student comes down from the crowd, balloons fall from the ceiling. There's confetti, there's air horns, there's like some kind of clown on a fire truck driving. I don't know, it was crazy. But the, you could look at that and that was pure joy. And the, the opposing team's like, what in the world? They didn't know what was going on. But the students include them, they're like throwing them up in the air, woo! They're so excited. Joy moves us to action. When God has got a hold of your life and growing things and doing things in your life, man, it makes you want to do things, right? It makes you want to do more. When you get involved in serving and see someone come to faith, it makes you want to do that more. When you get involved in serving and see a family get connected, you're like, oh, it works, and you want to do that more. I know in youth ministry, after pouring into students and pouring into students, and that one kid that I thought was never going to come to a real changed life in Christ, walks from the back down to the altar, and after all the tears and all the calls home and all the, oh my gosh, what are you thinking, putting a sledgehammer through the wall of the youth room? I was looking for something. Man, you could have asked me for it. I don't know. When they come down and that makes me want to keep going and doing more of that, because look, it works. Joy in our life moves us to action. So I gotta ask the question, is your joy 
moving you to action? Or are you keeping it in your back pocket? I'm really, really excited about God. I'm just not going to tell anybody. What they did is they hurry off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning to everybody that they didn't know. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Because when joy is expressed, it inspires wonder. A friend was telling me about a dessert. He went to this restaurant. It's lava cake. Anybody know about lava cake? Some of you guys are like, mm-hmm. It's like all, it's cake. It's not lava. It's chocolate, with, and they have this huge thing of ice cream. And it's, this one in particular is super, super like soft. And I don't know how they do it. They got to have some kind of magic or something. And the, they pour hot chocolate over the top, and they put a big thing of ice cream in it, and it, they put the chocolate in the middle, and they put the, you know, the hard shell stuff, they put that on top, and you could choose, like, whatever, like, strawberries or cherries, and it is so good, like, you want to eat five of them, even though, I mean, you're like, I had a salad, this is fine, it's fine, cancels out, right? I could take this one home and give it to, I don't know, if it doesn't make it home, that's fine too, because it's so good, and now that I'm talking about it, some of you guys want a piece of that, don't you, right? You're kind of like, yeah, that sounds nice. That's how joy works. You ever talk to somebody and you start smiling about what they're really excited about and you don't even know why? Because they're so excited about it. Like I had a guy talking to me about techno- technology, how he built computers. And I have no idea how to build computers. Like, yeah, you take the chip and it's great because I just found this one. And I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I was, I became curious because he was so full of joy. I became curious about what he was talking about. Are people curious about what God's doing in you? Because joy, when it's expressed, makes people go, I want some of that. I want some of that. Why are you so that way? We want some because it's attractive. Now, when we talk about joy, we need the words, we're, we're wrapping up here. This was interesting to me. I went to the um, entomology of the words, right? I broke, they broke some of these up. Like, where does this come from? The word re means back, back from, back to the original place. Also, back anew, once more. The source of pleasure and happiness. So if we talk about rejoicing, it is going back to that source of happiness. Going, remembering back to doing again the happy thing. Translated roughly, it's happy dancing all over again. More dancing, again. Re-dancing. re Joy. We're called to follow the example of Christ in this, right? This is, this is a great verse that I didn't see coming as I was doing the study. Shout out to Bob Brown for putting this in there. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The reason Christmas is so cool, and there's so much joy in there, the shepherds might have gotten it wrong. They were just happy that the Messiah was here. For you and I, joy comes after the cross. The joy comes after the cross. The joy is set before Jesus. 
after the cross. The joy is promised, but after the cross. The joy is secured after the cross. The joy will be worth it after the cross. The joy is beyond comparison after the cross. The joy of Christmas is fulfilled after the cross. The reason it's so cool that the Savior is here is because the cross, that joy is ours because of the cross. A question was asked, do we need to be joyful all the time? I would say you don't need to be joyful about everything in life, but about God and about the fact that we are saved, there is joy to be found in that at all times. At all times we can remember that we have a savior, that this is not the end for us, this is the beginning for us. That at some point God will come back, Jesus will see us again, we will see those we love, that there is a next chapter to this book because of the cross. Without the cross, there is no joy. The joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their hope-filled future. We have reason to be joyful because of the cross. That God has wrapped us up through Jesus Christ. That we are adopted into his family. That we become part of the story of God because he chose to send this baby. Who, for the joy set after the cross, endured. Now I wonder if in this season you are in an endure season. And if that's where you are, may I encourage you that there is joy. There is joy there for us. If you are in a season that is joy, may I encourage you to share that joy? Because when shared in community, it becomes contagious. And as you share and as you hear it, may I encourage you into action? Whatever place you are this Christmas, if it is going to be a hard Christmas because of some hard firsts, if it's gonna be a hard Christmas because of things that have happened, that you don't have control over. If it's just been a tough year, I can tell you that I understand that. And while you may not, be, it may be difficult to find joy in each little thing, may I encourage you that there is joy to be found. In the dark place where you may be, there's joy to be found in the fact that Jesus Christ came for you, that he loves you, and that he was overjoyed to be the savior for you. I wanna invite you to, to, to pray with me. God, we come before you today in a, a time where joy is part of the decoration, so to speak. It is part of the season. I pray that we would not miss the opportunities we have for joy that we would hear you call to us, we would hear you speaking, that in the midst of what may be dark times, we would find joy in you. Pray God that you would help us celebrate the places and times that we can be joyful without hesitation and with complete abandon. Let us be joyful so much that people can tell.
and become curious and that we may pass that joy along. As he sings in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.